0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guest on today's podcast is a new convert to the church. Um, Will you tell us, uh, Lauren, and will you tell us your last name? I want to make sure I say it right.
1: Uh, Harrigan.
0: Harrigan. And will you pronounce, will you spell that for us?
1: H-A-R-R-I-G-I-A-N.
0: And Lauren is a transgender Latter-day Saint. who joined the church following a legal transition, following medical transition, um, is obviously a woman, transgender woman. I'm going to use he, her, I'm um, her. Um, sorry about that, her pronouns, and um, yeah, attends <laughs> and um, attends Relief Society, and is a woman. And um, but I just thought this would be a wonderful story for those that are trying to better minister to LG to transgender Latter Day Saints, for those that are. Transgender for those that are trying to, um, that are in local leadership, trying to create space for transgender Latter day Saints. And um, our joint prayers, the things that Lauren shares will be helpful. It's a unique story, listeners. We've done 500 plus podcasts, and this is the first time I've done somebody with a transgender Latter day Saint who has transitioned prior to joining the church and then was baptized um, after transitioning and obviously is on the records of the church as a female. Um, is legally a female, has transitioned to female. Um, And so this will be a unique story. I don't know much about Lauren. We visited for just um, five or 10 minutes um, Mm -hmm. by profession. She is a medical um, health worker living in, um, what part of Arizona do you live, Lauren? In Mesa. In Mesa, Arizona. Grew up in a military family, so has lived all across the world. and, And she is in her early 32, in her early 30s and attends the single adult ward in her area. So thank you for being on the podcast. Would You could start with, um, and I we just both pray this will be helpful for you. Um, that's our joint prayer that you leave this podcast and you'll just feel a little more connected um, to the human family and better skills to support and see and love each other. And I'm grateful for your courage Lauren to share your story broadly. This is very brave of you. Mm-hmm. Um so on behalf of our listeners, thank you for your courage. Mm-hmm. Would you like to start with your story with gender dysphoria and transitioning? Would you like to start with what connected you and had you cause and want to join the LDS Church?
1: Um I will start with I guess a little short story of my journey into Myself. Um, So for me, I, in my undergrad years of, and I would also, side note, was a college athlete as well. So I was dealing with a lot of, you know, especially back in the day, there was a lot of, there wasn't as many transgender athletes very well known within. within social media or just the media in general. So at that time I was very like, Oh my gosh, I have to choose either. I'm going to start transitioning when I'm in an undergrad or continue running. So I decided to just stay running. And at that time I was like, okay, well, I guess that this is like the best thing I can do for myself. And then I moved to after I graduated from New Mexico State University. I decided to move to Colorado and just do running and started to do that. And then I just was starting to feel all the really emotionally sad feelings of just feeling like I'm not being my full self and feeling depression and all the not so good feels. And then I decided to get my master's degree in counseling. So I moved here to Arizona. And My goals when I moved to Arizona were to start hormones and just fully go 100% into transitioning. So in 2018, I started hormones. And it's this big, long journey of going from you know, somebody who was, didn't really speak up for themselves, was really quiet who just listened to what my parents told me to do. Never did anything for myself. The only thing I did for myself was go run. (laughs) Like that was the only place I felt like I was being my best self. Um, so then after some trauma and personal stuff with my family and all that I therapy and all those things, i just I just decided like it was just all right, let's make this all out in the open. everybody knows. so I changed my name legally, you know, did all that fun stuff to change get my driver's license, get my Social Security, hard change, get everything done, you know, and be more out at work. And my place when I first started working as Lauren was super accepting and super amazing. And I forever love my first boss for being so great to me back then. And then having a great therapist, too. So, yeah. And then... My, when I decided to move to Salt Lake, um, I the only reason I moved because Utah does offer um, gender surgery that's um, just covered by the state. So I rather, I, I was like, well, I really want this. So I'm going to move to Utah. And I just needed to be away from all my stuff that happened here when I used to live here. And yeah, it's been quite a journey to just being myself but
0: thanks for sharing that and Mm -hmm. is there a way to talk about I'm assuming you feel better quote being yourself I like that language you're using I feel like I'm a self Mm -hmm. is there a way to help listeners understand just how you I'm putting words into your mouth Lauren that you feel more at peace you feel better Um, I assume that you do and are are glad you've done this and just feel some talk about the gender incongruence and the mismatch. And some have compared this to being carsick. And so, do you feel just talk about kind of pre doing all this and where you are now? And if you feel better or worse?
1: (laughs) I mean, I definitely feel so much better. Like, I mean, which is so great about my people that know me now is they never really they never will really know the old me. The old me was super quiet, didn't didn't like to do anything, just was just sat on the sidelines and I think it, you know, just sat on the sidelines and didn't and didn't think it was okay to be the quote unquote star of the show, which my for me, especially being an athlete and someone who likes to to just be talk to other people and be out there, be open, it was really hard for me to just sit off to the side and feeling like no one was hearing me. And now, since I'm I'm my myself, or yeah, I'm a lot more talkative, more friendly. You know, I take a lot like you know, and one of the things that I hear from some of my friends or even some clients that I have worked with, when you start like taking more pictures of yourself, you're truly loving yourself. Hmm. So, like every time I scroll through my phone and I you know it has like, this is what happened a couple of years ago, and I look at old pictures, and I'm like, "Wow, I have came a long way."
0: Talk about um if you're okay with me asking this question because I know my trans friends hear very painful things said directly to them or mm-hmm. about them. Talk about some of the and this is under the spirit of helping us do better so we don't do these things what are if you're okay, what are some of the painful things people have said about you transitioning or transitioned, and what would you like them to re- reconsider perhaps in their statements towards you
1: um i think especially um with some of the the things that like for me i mainly have experienced um i guess not so good remarks within my family system um so for instance you're never going to be successful or I'm gonna continue to call you by um, the wrong, the, the wrong pronouns, the wrong name. So for me, and this is this is gonna sort of tie into why I love this church so much, is because no one has ever, in all of during with all the bishops i met with, through all the people I've met with at church has ever misused pronouns or my name around them. Um, And yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like, you know, within just people outside of the church and whatever that have tried to say negative stuff. I'm just like, I'm just a person as much as you are a person.
0: That's helpful. Um, What would you say to people say this is a phase or there's actually something else going on here and you're sort of escaping something else by transitioning? I hope I don't believe that, but so I'm trying to just have you address things that people may be thinking in the back of their mind about your story.
1: I think it's it's really something that, you know, again, coming as a therapist myself, I think it's just something that especially when you don't when you're born as the quote unquote wrong gender it's when you are not just able to do the quote unquote normal stuff as people do like feeling comfortable in your skin being able to look at yourself in the bathroom mirror feeling confident walking into you know, Walmart or Target or wherever you go, like if you can't feel confident in any spaces, like there, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's maybe something deeper there.
0: That's a good answer. Is this okay? You're an athlete. Some would say, well, this is about you, um, I don't know the right language you um, wanting to compete with a different group of people so that you could win <laughs> yeah. and you weren't <laughs> able to win um, in the other way you were competing. I don't, you know, I hope that's okay. The way I worded that there may be some people thinking, well, that's, what's really gone here. It's an athlete who wants to compete with a different group of people. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Or is that triggering?
1: No, I, I think for me, It's as somebody who was studied on regarding this topic. um, So like scientists looked into how me taking estrogen has affected my athletic ability and where it is more fair than people do think it is. Um, It's like for me with my running, it is so much more, it is When I go for a three mile run now, it used to be like a walk in the park, but now it's like, oh my gosh, I have to like train completely different than I used to in the past.
0: So it's made it harder as an athlete, even though you feel this piece of being a woman. Yeah.
1: It's the, it's one thing that continually processing and working through.
0: You're very brave to take on these questions. I don't want our listeners to feel like I'm interrogating you like a
1: I'm oh, a cable <laughs>
0: news host and I have an agenda. I just, I, I would guess some of our listeners may have, I would have, have had some assumptions about your story. And so I like you heading, hitting these head on because um, it helps us see you, the, you know, and understand your journey. And it builds empathy and compassion, understanding, and a desire to support you, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, stories change our hearts and have changed my heart. Talk about um, um, so you've transitioned. You're fully transitioned. Talk mm-hmm. about, and I think that did joining the church then come later. Or your connection with the church come later.
1: Yeah, it was some there. Yeah, so actually, when I because when I lived in Utah, I lived in Salt Lake City area, and then I moved to Logan for a job opportunity, and while in Logan. I met with a, a physical therapist who, be she, she became one of my, one of my friends. And she was, I was like, I'm sort of thinking about joining this church. And, and she was like, well, you can, like your, like the, the stuff I know, you know, you know about you as a person, you definitely fit in because you're kind, you're nice, you treat everyone with respect, all that. And so she gave me that courage to like go onto the the website or whatever it was and like send them, in, you know, send my address and my phone number to the missionaries and yeah, so then two of these two amazing women came over to my apartment around November and both of them are still my friends now. And one actually invited me to her wedding. And
0: yeah. Just so our listeners understand, did you transition at that point? Is that why sister missionaries came? Because you're a sister? Yes. I've I already and like,
1: so when I lived in Utah, it was 2020 through 20 January of 22. So I just moved back here to
0: Arizona. And you had legally transitioned at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is kind of new territory for me, listeners, but I, I, it's interesting the church sending sister missionaries um, affirmed um, your gender because I mm-hmm. think the church's policy is if you're single sister, sister missionaries teach you, and if you're single brother, brother or mission elders teach you. And so I think in that whole process, they affirmed your gender by just sending sister missionaries to teach you. And I think there's a principle there that um, that is um, worth sort of pondering, listeners, and considering just what happened in that initial. Um, they didn't say, well, you're really not. Um, so we're going to send the elders. They said, no, you know, we're affirming who you are um, and we're sending sister missionaries to teach. And I love then that you had a good experience with these sister missionaries. Did you tell them you were transgender?
1: No, I did not. I I was just, I I felt like it's something that I don't have to, like, tell people. But also, I feel like in my just people, it's a thing that people are going to just have to, like, it was awkward. I could tell it was awkward for them to bring it up when we talked about. Um, you know, the, the law of chastity and all those sorts of things. and But they also made sure that it wasn't like, like, like they were not, they were so good and nice about it.
0: Um, and perhaps then listeners, I misspoke because, you know, they didn't know you were transgender when they sent the sister missionaries, but obviously at some point um, the church and the missionaries maybe came aware you're transgender because I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were, you know, baptized with people being aware you were transgender. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about, unless you just want to share stuff right now, I'm kind of asking a lot of questions. But what, it sounds like the kindness of the members um, resonated with you. What, what else resonated with you? there things in our doctrine or teachings that resonated with you? Um,
1: I think it's just really... For me, like, again, a lot of my own personal values of, you know, I don't not, I love the continuation of making sure that you are continuing to live by Heavenly Father's scripture throughout, you know, the whole week, not just going to church one day, being like, I'm good and that's it. Like, and then going right from church and, you know, using not so nice language or using substances or whatever it may be. Um, And again, I have like, I have friends that use substances and I love, I still love them just as much while also I personally don't use substances. Um, And I don't drink, don't smoke, whatever. I just, yeah, it's just my personal value system is very much just like, yeah, from the church. And even my coworkers, well, two of my coworkers, well, I guess three of them in Logan were just super great, nice people. And yeah.
0: I love that. I love that. It seems like that's the way Jesus treated people and mm-hmm. it's the way you were treated. And it sounds like, your life values and the things that are important to you very much aligned with the church. And mm-hmm. sometimes we call people like that, I guess we used to call it dry Mormons, but I guess, I don't know if you've ever heard that term, Lauren.
1: I um, have not. I, I I still, I had to learn being set apart because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what, what does this mean?
0: <laughs> but dry Mormons were, and I guess we call them dry Latter-day Saints today are people that are kind of living the church teachings and they just haven't been baptized. It's not a big pivot for them in lifestyle. They don't have to, um, Mm -hmm. they're kind of, it's just sort of a continuation of the way they're already living their life. And that's Mm -hmm. why we sort of called them dry Mormons back in the day. Mm -hmm. Talk about, um, doesn't sound like you joined the church in Logan though. No. Um, talk either. I'd love to know when you, Talk to a mission to the missionaries you're trans or to your bishop. Just talk to us about um because at some point you tell them you're a transgender woman.
1: Um so I I it wasn't so it was through the Relief Society president. So when I first started the process of wanting to of knowing, of knowing I was gonna be moving back to Arizona, um the some of the people that I became friends with in the ward and Logan. Um reached out to the relief society president here. and um she called me, and we talked to each other for a very long time. So she knew I was trans, so I think she she told the bishop herself, which I was cool with because it just meant that everybody knew that I was going to be a part of the ward, and she would assign me. Sisters that were affirming and safe, and yeah.
0: And so, you were unbaptized at this point, but will it? But so connected with the church, you wanted to attend.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: you used some words to describe the sisters that were um assigned to you affirming, and what was the other word? Um, I can't remember.
1: Um, just affirming and loving, and, lo- and oh, the, oh, and safe. Sorry,
0: just. Talk what those words mean to you, affirming and safe.
1: Um, That they are open to talking about um, LGBT stuff and are okay with um like mental health. I mean, I, I know most people, like for the most part, you are okay with mental health stuff, but like more okay with being able to talk to about things and be open in you know, an open minded place. So,
0: yeah. I love that. And were they safe and affirming?
1: Oh, yes. It's to the point where one girl, I'm actually going to change my last name to her last name and join her family. Really? Yes. She's that much of a sister to me. And she's she's allowed me to stay over at her house for a week and she stayed over here and we just became super close
0: yeah. um i'm glad i love the way this Relief society president responded mm-hmm. um talk more about um just joining the church did elders teach you or i i, I mean i went in that earlier segment and i assumed did sister teach you did elders teach you? No, so it
1: has always been sisters from the very beginning for okay. me um, all the time. Because um, I specifically requested sisters. Um, I'm a little on the website or where I can't remember what the website was called. You probably know more than I do. But, so you requested
0: um, sisters and you've had sisters the whole time.
1: Yeah, the whole time. The only time I've ever had to interact with um men of the church was like when they come and do the blessings so yeah
0: um i think listeners may wonder can a transgender person join the church that's fully transitioned um will you explain obviously you can is were there extra hoops that were required lauren or not we and i Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean they had to write a letter. The mission president, he is so awesome. He is such a nice human. He we first did our first really first interview back in January or February and then from there he was like, "Okay, just so you know, I have to write a letter explaining everything to um everybody in Salt Lake." And I was like, "Okay, so it just took a very long time. It took a lot for me, a lot of talking with my therapist, praying, reading scripture, going to church, and talking with the sisters to eventually get it to happen
0: and listeners, I understand that is the process is the mission president needs to get permission for somebody's transition to join the church. And, um, I support that, you know, um, this is a podcast, obviously supported the church, its leaders and its policy, but I love hearing your story and just how you navigated that. Mm-hmm. Um, what during this time, I, I, I'm, I'm going to frame it up this way. I I hope you're okay with this, that here I want to join this church, but I'm not sure they want me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and maybe at times you thought, well, maybe I shouldn't join this church because it doesn't feel like they really want me. And, because I'm trans, I have to go through this extra hoop. And is that really what Jesus would want or how Jesus would treat me? So I don't want to put thoughts in your mind, Lauren, that weren't there, but if they were there, what would people say to you? Or what would you say to yourself to get you through those times when you'd wonder if I really am welcome here?
1: I mean, for me, it was a lot of, again, a lot of reading scripture, a lot of prayer, a lot of Again, like my therapist is LDS affirming. So she, her her and I, Well, she gave me a lot of homework of how to get through the times when I was feeling like, oh my gosh, this is not going to happen. But like the more I was, because I'm a very glass half full type person. Like just the more I was, leaning into heavenly father and remembering like, this is going to happen. And just the amount of love that I feel through all the sisters and brothers that just are like, Hey, Lauren, like, how are you? Like (laughs) all the acceptance, the, like, I was like, yeah, this is for sure going to happen. And then like three weeks ago on a Tuesday, right? It was the sisters being like, Hey, guess what? You're going to get baptized. And so it did happen.
0: And we're recording this podcast listeners, the end of June. When did you get baptized Lauren?
1: June 10th.
0: So June 10th of 2022. Yeah. So this podcast, most of you will listen to it in July of 2022, uh, or later. So that gives our listeners an idea that, you know, Um, you'll be in the church a month or two when most listeners are listening to this and any general idea on how long you had to wait from when, um, your mission president, the mission president sent this letter until you got word from the sisters that you could be baptized. About four months. About four months. Um, I love I think, I love your therapist that I think was affirming LDS. I think that means she, I think you said she is not LDS, Mm -hmm. but recognized sort of what you wanted to do and supported you in your journey. I think good therapists sometimes don't, so my son who's a therapist, he says, dad, we're not trying to chart someone's course for them. We're trying to help them chart the course they want to chart and be supportive to them in the journey. Um, It sort of caused no harm. and." and um be self you know self-determining so i love your um some people i think and i love that so i think it's a good principle for all of us at times to be affirming to what to the direction people want to take and help them make the very best decisions and even if it's different than what we might personally feel that we support them so i love the grace your therapist not a member of our church recognized this is where you're finding happiness lauren and This is something obviously you want to make happen. Tell our listeners about your baptism day. Tell us what you remember. It's so recent, what you liked. Um, You've got a big smile on your face as I ask that question.
1: (laughs) I mean, it was the, honestly, so that whole Friday, I, you know, I just was feeling excited, just like, oh my gosh, it's finally happening. And then. Um, you know, I showed up to the church had early and just everybody that, you know, that I was friends with and even people that I didn't really quite know showed up. And then from the beginning, so one of the sisters that was here takes one of the most perfect songs um to to sing. It was it's called um um, at this table, and she sung it by about it's really the main purpose of the song is like everyone's welcome no matter what they're going through. And it had the it was such the perfect message for you know for just joining the church, right? Everybody's welcome no matter what what their circumstances are. Um, and then Joanna, the one that I'm super best friends with, um she, um, she gave, she gave a speech about the Holy ghost and it was super amazing. And then the person that baptized me, um, you know, right before, you know, I was baptized, I told him a joke and I was like, we had a good little laugh before he dumped me in. And then, you know, in that moment when he pulled back up and like, I just felt, a lot more hope and pureness and just, this is a whole new book in my life. And yeah. And then even the mission president, the Bishop, the, the the Tempe Stake president was there and the elders forum president. Cause he was the one who baptized me. All of them did the, did the, um, Uh, I
0: can't remember
1: the name confirmation. Yeah. Oh, over me, the confirmation prayer over me. And I just, it was a a real amount of just, okay, we we want you here with us. So yeah.
0: I'm I wish our listeners could all see your face, Lauren, the way I'm seeing (laughs) it via zoom. Um, there's a lot of joy in your face. There's a lot of peace and satisfaction and, I just sensed that was a deeply spiritual experience and, Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like you had a lot of support.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. Even, even to the moment of, you know, taking pictures with everybody and all the amazing cards that people wrote me and just still the amazing amount of love I feel every, like I love going to the church every Sunday. Like,
0: yeah. I'm glad. This, yeah. I'm really glad we, you know, I think of the body of Christ. I think of Paul's body of the Christ in Corinthians 12, where everybody is needed. Every, you know, every part of the body is worthy and needed. And we can't look at one part of the body of Christ and say it's less worthy or less needed. So mm-hmm. I feel like we need you, Lauren, and you need us and you help us be more complete. You bring a perspective. You're a therapist, you've got a master's degree. Um, You know what it's like, obviously, to be transgender because you are. I think lots of times my friends that are trans have have wonderful Christ-like attributes of empathy, compassion, and kind of recognize people on the margins. They're more attuned, perhaps. And Mm -hmm. so you make us better. Mm -hmm. Um, You've heard me listeners talk about gathering of Israel and I think about that as um, I think about that as you, Lauren, because here you are looking for um, the unique doctrine of our restored church and the hope and healing it brings. So we're gathering Israel, but LGBTQ people are Israel too. Even those that are already baptized that are LGBTQ, they're part of the gathering of Israel. Is to help them feel more welcome and included. Those that are um, born into our faith that sometimes wonder if there's room for them or place for them. Um, So you help us um, talk about, and listeners, I recognize that um, if I understand the handbook correctly, if you go through a medical transition like Lauren has, um, that can put you sideways with church teachings. Um, But you did that as before you joined the church. And so Mm -hmm. through the letter to the senior leaders of the church, I assume the first presidency or whoever at the church handles these things, you were given the green light. Mm-hmm. And so some may feel there's inconsistencies there. We treat um, investigators <laughs> that have fully transitioned um, different than we teach our own members who feel impressed to transition or fully transition and i'm not I'm not trying to say anything in our church should change or we should change the handbook for um, members that are transitioning. I just recognize the reality that some would feel there's an inconsistency there um Do you have any thoughts on that or? um...
1: Yeah, I mean, I, like, I definitely know, like, and this is one thing that I really had to remember, like, I always have to remember as a therapist is that my experiences are completely different than my client's experiences or my friend's experiences. And my experience within the church has been, Quite amazing. And I am grateful for that. And I'm so glad it has been that way. While also I understand that people do have not so good experiences with certain people.
0: And I think that's just um, the reality of individual experiences. And I like Lauren, where you're saying this is my experience. I can only share my experience and I recognize other people are having different experiences Talk about things that your local leaders are doing, like your Relief Society president, your bishop, um, just to help you, just that are helpful to you as a transgender Latter-day Saint.
1: I would say um, I was like a few weeks, like uh, maybe four or five weeks ago, maybe like a month ago, whatever it was, I was really going through a, a not so good Like, um, I was really sad and in a not-so-good place. And the bishop gave this most amazing... I mean, I know all blessings are amazing. while also, this blessing was so great. Very affirming, very just... He used all the right pronouns. Lauren, he just wanted... He was doing the full power of as much as he can and to his ability to allow things to get better. And it was to the point where I know she's going to not like that. I'm going to say this, but to when my friend was in there with me, she cried and I cried too. Just how amazing it was. And even the Bishop's wife is so great to me and the Relief Society present, President, you know, makes sure that I'm good. You know, she even had people when I was, you know, and not in a good well place she had people come over to my apartment and decorate it for me to make it all pretty it has you know all these amazing jesus um pictures everywhere now and it's so great and just everybody is super great to me and i just feel so much a part of a family and i love it so much that no matter what i'm good
0: there's a very consistent theme here of you just feel loved and accepted and affirmed and safe. And as you're talking, I think of, um, Jesus Christ's ministry and, um, the people that felt the same feelings around him that you're feeling around your ward family and your friends. And, Mm -hmm. and I think we know Christ was with people that some people in society said you shouldn't be with. Um, Mm -hmm. some listeners are, um, some would call that table fellowship. He invited everybody to dinner, um, either invited himself to their table or invited them to his table. but i it was a sign of love and respect in that culture to eat with people um that society said sometimes he shouldn't be eating with, but he, on a practical level, he showed how to love everybody. And he didn't sell out any doctrine to do that. I think he just honored the doctrine he was teaching that we love our neighbors ourselves. and Unto the least of these, we do it unto him. I'm paraphrasing a scripture in Matthew there, but I love to me, you know, we say we love and in our faith, we say we love people and I think we do, but sometimes um, we don't know how to love people that are different than us. Um, um, People of different races, people that are trans or bi or lesbian or gay and and so that's why I'm grateful you're sharing your story, Lauren, because it helps us to see you as a member of the same human family. Mm-hmm. And I love that your ward family is taking that phrase, we love everybody, and putting it into action mm-hmm. um, in a real way. And to me, that's part of the doctrine of Christ and part of the doctrine of our church. More thoughts that come to your mind you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Um, maybe just how i think it's just been uh and it's still has been an amazing road right it's been a lot of you know i'm and it's just so it's always puts a like a little like little butterflies in my heart of every time the sisters are like, Oh my gosh, Lauren, you're the best. And they always, and you know, they, they tell other missionaries about me of how much I just love heavenly father. And I love reading. I love doing the, I love doing their, their, you know, their, other little invitations that they give me. I love just making sure that I'm doing as much as I can within my own self care limits, that I can do as much as I can to allow God in my life again. So and I have allowed, you know, and yes, it's definitely easy for someone you know, in my position to be like known to religion while also I have accepted religion back. It's taken a lot of work while also I'm glad I've gotten here and I just feel love.
0: And it sounds like, um, you and God have had a relationship, kind of an on and off again relationship, but it sounds like it's on, I'm reading between the lines. Yeah. You've allowed God actually, back in your life and this yeah, is a good thing. I mean,
1: thing. I grew up Catholic and not so good experience with, you know, being told to go pray about being trans and go to church and all that stuff back in the day. And I'm not, I didn't, I just didn't like that. So now I just now I'm as my full self, where I can love God again and be in a place where, you know, we all come from different places and different points of view, and we're all we're all just different
0: and that's okay um i'm not a therapist listeners but used some language there that made me wonder when you said i i feel like i'm my full self again so Mm -hmm. um i wonder if there's a link between if we can love ourselves our full selves and then believe we're lovable by god and so it kind of reopens the relationship with god well i love me i love Mm -hmm. my full self to use your language lauren um and then it maybe it's easier to have a relationship with God because we've learned to love ourselves and accept ourselves and believe that God can do the same about us. If mm-hmm. we don't like ourselves and aren't happy with ourselves and don't accept our full selves or ashamed of part of ourselves, I, we may project that that's the way God feels about us. So we, um, I don't know if that's true for all listeners, and I don't know if that's even true for some, but it's just a thought that came to my mind as you're sharing your story. Yeah. Talk about, um, before we went live, I think you, and just so people that are wondering this space, we're not trying to, I think, I don't want to say that our church leaders are going to process every recommendation the same way. It took you four months, and so if there's listeners wondering, you know, will I go through the same process? Will I be approved? Will I be denied? I would not take this podcast and set expectations about your journey because of Lauren's story. Um, Every every situation's different, and our leaders may respond differently to different stories. Um, so I wouldn't want to create this as, you know, a reflection of church policy for everybody that's transgender and joining the church. Um, it's Lauren's story and Lauren's experience and what was the outcome in her decision. It went to church leaders. But I think part of that is that um, the temple is not open to you at this point, I or not available to You can't have a temple recommend as a transgender member. Are you okay talking about that?
1: Yeah. I think again, for me, I mean, yes, I love being allowed just going to the temple, like outside on the ground. I know it's like, it's really hot outside here, so I can't spend that much time (laughs) outside, (laughs) but, um, still like just sitting on the ground is really peaceful for me. And also remembering where, where the love truly is at, where I feel Heavenly Father is within the within my within my ward, within the sisters and within the brothers that I'm always around, and within the lessons that the sisters come over to my house with is being able. That's where I feel it the most.
0: I love that, and I love the grace you're giving, and I love the way you're. Connecting with the temple, does it make you feel like a second class citizen or make you feel angry or um, I, I, I think, don't want to trigger you, but I just want yeah, the listeners to wonder I these think
1: questions. For me, it's, it's, I think, I feel like, I mean, this is just my own personal feeling and I feel like with certain things, it may be changing in this lifetime, but I'm also, again, for me, it's not i mean and i and i i don't know what the and i've never i don't know what you know the little record looks like that you have to take into because i haven't gotten i don't know what that looks like <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what it looks like to take something into that like i want to go into like the part that i can go into but <laughs> um i just haven't experienced that yet um I, I i just don't know what it says on there like so that's just it And I guess it's a little bit bothersome, but I'm also again remembering that it's not where it's not a place where I feel his presence.
0: And so you good job answering kind of hard questions. And I um I love where you said it may change and maybe but for now I'm at peace with this and Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of grace you're giving to people around you, um, and recognizing. And I think that's just, you know, I, I'm just glad you shared that part of your story. Um, just so it's, you're, we're clear, just in case anybody's wondering this, if you're baptized as a female, so if you're, it shows female on your record, correct?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. on On my app and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So LDS tools, it has your gender as female. Um, um, Lauren is your name. Not, mm-hmm. And so, you know, but so that's just how the church and Lauren situation, joining the church and being able to answer all the baptism recommend questions. Obviously there's a set of questions there mm-hmm. that, you know, an elder asked you and you passed all those questions and this letter mm-hmm. was written and you've joined the church. You've been baptized. Um, you're not able to participate in the temple, even though you're, you know, um, fully participating member of the church and it's just the reality of this space listeners. And we're um, grateful for Lauren being on the podcast, just kind of talk about how she's navigating it and the good Mm -hmm. people around her that are helping her feel welcome. And it doesn't sound like you feel like a second class citizen in your ward family or um, with the people around you, which is very, very helpful for you. Mm -hmm. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I am good.
0: It's, yeah. Anything I've said that you want to go back to that I, that was a little unsettling <laughs> that you want to clarify. Are you okay? Oh, no, I'm good. <laughs> All right. So I think our invitation is if, you know, some of you may list, be listening to a transgender Latter-day Saint for the first time. And I love the words of elder Uchtdorf where he said, how often have the Holy spirit tried to tell us something that, but we couldn't get past the massive iron gate of what we thought we already knew. So I just invite us to not form opinions about transgender people until we meet with transgender people. I call that the trap of undered opinions. And I've been repenting for that for a long time that I had developed opinions about people in the LGBT community um, without taking the time to meet them. And uh, my heart just kind of opens and breaks. Um, for the chance to meet people like Lauren. And um, not only because I see Lauren for who she is, but Lauren helps us become the body of Christ. I need LGBTQ people in my life to help me be a better disciple of Christ, to be a better person. So I would guess Lauren's Relief Society and the people in her circle are better off because Lauren's there. And she brings her gifts and insights and attributes to create Zion within her, within her Relief Society. Um, and listeners, you've heard me talk about this, but Zion to me used to be sameness. because that's I grew up in a very homogeneous part of Salt Lake where everybody was like me. And now Zion is different. It's taking all of our beautiful differences that God has created and using those as we work together for a common goal. To lift the burdens of others, to bear, mourn, and comfort. And and I look at the city of Enoch, and what we know is there was no poor among them. And the poor among us are those that are on a harder road, um, often for things they can't control. And society has put them on a harder road. And it's often people that have privilege that can reach out and help somebody. Um, Somebody said the other day to me, Well, can't you just lift yourself up by your bootstraps? I don't even know what that means. But then someone said, I can't even reach my bootstraps. And that was pretty sobering for me to hear that, that their life is so hard um, because of the reality of just the road they're walking that can't even reach their bootstraps. And so that's part of our job as Latter-day Saints is to make it possible because of our ability to bear, mourn, and comfort, listen to people's story, um, help them feel like they belong so that they can reach, lift their bootstraps and you've, and then you're able to do what Lauren's doing, get a master's degree. And then through your clinical work, bless others, people's lives. And I'll just close with one quote that you're familiar with from Brene Brown. Fitting in is about assessing a situation and becoming who we need to be in order to be accepted. Belonging doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us to be who we are. And that's what Lauren's done. Um, both in transitioning and both in becoming a Latter-day Saint and being able to feel this feeling of belonging and not pretending to be somebody, to be her full self, to use her language um, mm-hmm. as a trans, just transgender woman. And maybe we shouldn't even call her transgender woman, just woman and mm-hmm. Latter-day Saint. And maybe I shouldn't even be using that label trans. Um, and just see her as a woman and a Latter-day Saint and somebody that's part of the body of Christ and somebody that's bringing her full self to help us create Zion. So, Lauren, you're awesome.
1: Thank you, and you're awesome too.
0: And all those that may be listening that know Lauren, that have been part of her journey from those first friends and missionaries in Logan to everybody in Mesa and and other places, great job for the work you've done um, to help one of Heavenly Father's finest daughters feel that she is welcome and needed. And to me, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's helping everybody feel welcome, needed, included. Um, say your last name for us again. I'm going to mispronounce it.
1: Uh, again.
0: Um, So this is Lauren Harrigan and Richard Osler signing off on another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love.